You'd be hard-pressed to find something that makes people feel more powerless than being in a situation where they need somebody to change something, but that specific someone is being unworkable relative to that specific change. Let's define unworkability as someone or something being so rigid in the way it is that a change or improvement will not happen, no matter how needed that change might be. This automatically makes other people feel angry. Anger is almost always about the perception of unworkability. It also causes people to feel like the situation is futile. So that you can understand unworkability, I'm going to give you two examples. The first example is a man who keeps breaking his word. The other people in his social group have reflected to him that this is a big problem for them and for him. So many times they're blue in the face. <laughs> they're so desperate at this point, they're begging him to go see a therapist. No matter how many times this becomes an issue that leads to conflict, no matter how many times they talk about it, nothing ever changes. All that ever happens is that he keeps breaking his word, and he keeps coming up with excuses as to why he's justified in doing it. The second example is that a man wants his girlfriend to really commit to him and to commit to the relationship. But every single time she has the opportunity to show up for him in the relationship, she flakes on him. For example, when he received an award at a company party that he had to give a public speech at, she promised she would be there to support him, but she canceled last minute. When he invited her to have dinner with his family, she showed up drunk. When he tries to solve relationship problems by talking to her, she often says she's too tired and falls asleep during the talk. No matter how many times they talk about it or fight about it, no matter how many ways they try to fix the problem or how many times she promises that she's going to be different, it never changes. She keeps being uncommitted in the relationship, and he thinks maybe she never will be committed. There are also things that are unworkable that are less about a person being defiantly unwilling to change some pattern that is harming themselves or other people. I'm going to give you some examples here. First example is, let's imagine that a man gets into a horrible car accident and ends up paralyzed. His wife ends up desperate because she feels like in his state, he can't protect the family anymore. On top of that, she's already overwhelmed taking care of the kids as is. To have to take care of him now, too, in this disabled state, pushes her right over the edge. She's desperate for it to change. However, this condition, in this case, is unworkable. No matter how much she wants it to happen, he will never walk again. Or, for example, a woman gets into a relationship with an actor. Because he has to be on set for movies, sometimes he's gone for months on end. Now, this makes her feel abandoned. She's pretty desperate for him to quit this job and to start a life with her where she is, because she's not allowed to follow him on set. Problem is, this is unworkable, because his passion is acting in movies, which means he has to be on set. This non-negotiable, shall we call it, is and should be unworkable. When people feel like a situation is futile and therefore needed change is impossible, especially when there's some personal negative impact that will come as a result of that futility, they tend to feel like they've lost their free will and personal power in the situation. They often slip into despair because they then feel like they will simply have to put up with pain or leave. For this reason, I'm going to tell you how to deal with unworkability. 1. You must call out and draw attention to the unworkability in and of itself. 
Unworkability is the ultimate form of resistance. And remember, the rule of thumb is you must deal with the resistance first before you deal with anything else. Instead of directly dealing with whatever it is that the person is being unworkable about, draw their attention to the fact that they're being unworkable in and of itself. This unworkability is like a solid rigid layer that is sitting on top of whatever is proving to be unworkable. An example of doing this is say that you are interacting with somebody who's being completely unworkable relative to an opinion that they may be holding. Instead of arguing what that exact opinion is, draw their attention to the fact that they are being unworkable relative to their opinion. Two, from there, help the person become aware, or maybe if it's you, help yourself become aware, of what the negative consequences of that unworkability factor might be. Consequences that are negative for you, consequences that are negative for them, consequences that are negative for anything else or any other person involved. Drawing somebody's conscious awareness directly to their unworkability is like drawing a high-intensity light beam to a block of ice. That unworkability begins to melt. Three, work together to figure out what positive purpose the unworkability itself serves and what positive purpose whatever is being unworkable serves. There are two things you have to understand. The first is that if somebody is being unworkable, they believe, even at a subconscious level, that that unworkability is doing something beneficial for them. It's serving or helping them or protecting them in some way. You must also understand that if somebody won't change something, the reason that they won't change it is that they believe that that thing is actually helping them, serving them, or protecting them in some way. So you've got that layer of whatever they're being unworkable about, where there's this positive sort of super glue or intention behind it, and also the unworkability itself, for which there is also some kind of positive purpose or intention behind it. For example, imagine that someone is being unworkable relative to considering someone else's point of view. They might find that being unworkable in and of itself causes them to feel like they can keep a sense of themselves and keep their own truth, which is the opposite of the enmeshment they suffered from in childhood. And let's say that their unworkable point of view is that everyone should be able to do exactly what they want because each person is responsible for the way that they themselves feel. They might find that this point of view helps them to avoid the crushing weight of responsibility and the feeling that they are not free in relationships. From there, explore whether there is a different way to go about meeting the need or fulfilling the want that is inherent in that positive intention that is gluing the person to their unworkability. When a person looks directly at their unworkability, it puts that person in a powerful choice point relative to their own personal truth. Either by looking at it, they will decide to make a change, or they will decide to commit to whatever is causing their unworkability in a much more conscious way. Either way, it creates forward movement. For example, using our previous example, perhaps the girlfriend discovers that the reason she keeps being unworkable relative to flaking on her boyfriend is because she's terrified of commitment, but that she really does want to be in a committed relationship. She might then decide to go to therapy. On the other hand, perhaps she discovers that she keeps being unworkable because she doesn't actually want to be in a committed relationship and doesn't want to have to be constantly concerned with someone else's best interests. She might decide it's time to have a conversation about changing the expectations they have towards each other in their relationship and or to potentially end the relationship with her boyfriend. 
Five, make sure that something is genuinely unworkable before just deciding that it's unworkable. So many people decide prematurely that something is unworkable when in fact, it's totally workable. <laughs> but I will say this, you have to accept that something is unworkable when the person who is being unworkable communicates that they will not change something. Also, you're gonna have to accept unworkability when your effort that you keep putting forth to try to make something change is causing far more suffering than you would be caused by just accepting that something is unworkable and trying to work around it. When this is the case, you're trying desperately to change something that is unworkable. It simply puts you in a state of powerless resistance. And whatever we resist, persists. If someone's awareness of their own unworkability causes them to decide to make a change, we no longer need to talk about that because you're no longer working with unworkability. However, if you draw somebody's attention to their own unworkability and the process of unpacking that unworkability reveals that a person does not want to change what is underneath that unworkability and therefore what you're suffering from will not change, you need to accept the unworkability. Six, if you are genuinely facing unworkability, therefore it is futile to make a change, you have to accept that unworkability and doing so puts you in a very powerful choice point, you. You must accept that even though a change could potentially happen, you can no longer try to change it. Instead, you must accept that what you wanna change will not change. From there, you have to decide what to do about that. You are not, in fact, powerless. What's before you is three very powerful choices. The first choice, this is the polarized one, is to remove yourself from the situation entirely. That's that leave choice, right? Your second choice, the other polarized end of the spectrum, is that you can just stay in the situation the way it is and not make any change and just keep suffering. Keeping things the way it is is your next choice. None of these may appeal to you. Okay, so this third option, it is to see that you have all kinds of options in between and alternative to those two extremes. This step is like accepting that one door is closed. End of story. And so you divert all of your attention to what other doors might be open. You consider what adaptations you could make regarding whatever is unchangeable so as to still be able to bring about what you want and need. For example, using our previous example with the man who keeps breaking his word. Let's imagine that what they arrived at is the truth that he's going to keep breaking his word, no matter what. So that's genuinely unworkable. The people in his social group would then have a whole plethora of choices that they could make. If they were to accept that their friend will keep breaking his word, with their own free will they have the choice to keep putting themselves in situations where they depend on his word and keep getting hurt when he breaks it. They also have the choice to get rid of him as a friend. These are these two polarized choices that they have. But they also have many other choices, such as keeping him as a friend but not considering him a super close friend. Or no longer expecting him to follow through and simply considering it a bonus if he does follow through. Or no longer putting themselves in the position to be let down by him. Or only inviting him to things where it does not matter if he shows up or not. Or making sure that he is never trusted with responsibilities or bringing in another friend to the social group who can take his place, which allows him to be put in a more suitable place and arrangement within the social system, etc. 
The most important thing when you're doing this, looking for alternatives for how to deal with unworkability, is that all of the solutions that you're looking for are ways of adapting to something not ever changing, as opposed to any strategies for continuing to try to change it. When you're doing this process, it should be very different than enabling. When you are enabling, you are keeping yourself, you're keeping the other person, and potentially all of the third parties involved, stuck in dysfunction. You're allowing somebody to continue their destructive behavior. With this exercise, the goal of approaching unworkability in this way is to get yourself and all others involved out of the dysfunction of continuing to hit your head against a brick wall and continuing to keep painful things the way they are. So for example, imagine that you were married to somebody and you had to accept that something about them was totally unworkable and you were going to have to adapt to it. If that adaptation you make keeps yourself in a dysfunctional pattern or keeps your child in pain, you're enabling. You're not actually doing this exercise. Unworkability causes you to confront feelings of powerlessness and futility. It forces you to look at the deeper causes of the unworkability. It forces you to face what is and what isn't changeable. It forces you to accept what you may not want to accept. It forces you to find your personal power, free will, and choice, even when faced with something that makes you perceive yourself to be powerless. It forces you to find the movement when faced with what is immovable. It forces you to make a different change than the ideal one that you have in your mind. It forces you to get creative. Just remember, just because you are faced with something that is futile does not mean that you are stuck in a state of futility. You may just need to change your approach. Have a good week.